I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here we are. Welcome to another episode of Early Work with me, Reese James. Joining me today on Early Work is Matthew Horn. You'll know Matthew Horn from playing Gavin in Gavin and Stacey, but also all sorts of stuff. He's in Dad's Army, does loads of stuff with Catherine Tate. He's a very funny, comedic actor. Now, I was a big fan of his when I was the age that I am in a lot of these poems. So it was great to meet someone from that era of my life and interview them all about what they were like when they were that age. Although he wrote a lot of stuff when he was a lot younger than I am in these poems. He wrote loads of stuff when he was like nine or ten years old. Loads of really inventive, dark stuff. He Apparently he won poetry competitions at school and stuff like that. It's incredible. Uh, it's a really fun episode. He had some amazing early work, so I hope you enjoy it. Joining me today in the early work crash is Matthew Horn. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Uh, if you don't know, listeners, Matthew Horn is probably best known for when I, at 16, drew up a database of all the beers of the world to do what his character Gavin does in Gavin and Stacey. In one scene, it's referenced. Do you remember that scene? I do, yeah. 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what you're best known how, for. How right? old were you People then? Go, oh, oh Reese, when he tried to do Beers of the World with his friend. Well, I think actually that's where James and Ruth got the idea from. Yeah, yeah, they would have known. The 16-year-old me yeah. was also planning the same thing. I well, mean, I, Actually, 13 years ago, you were probably younger than 16, weren't you? 13 years, I was 15, so actually it was after it came out. I, I was a bit late, maybe, to the Gavin and Stacey party. <laughs> oh, no, what a way to reveal that. Um, also, maybe quite well known for um, when I spent ages searching on various used car websites to find a blue Citroen Saxo. Did you really? Yeah, I really, I love that car in, in the show. So I was Did you? To get a car like that. Very heavy clutch. Really? Mm. Did you have to actually drive it quite a lot? Oh, yeah, yeah, Did yeah. you have to actually drive it to Barry all the time? A lot, a, lot of, a lot of the scenes were shot 
on the M4, not on what's known in the film industry as a low loader, which is basically a sure. lorry that carries a car. Um, I actually had to drive and act at the same time, which is very difficult. Wow. And uh, you were driving. So you, hang on, wait a minute. You, no, but more importantly, you actually wanted to buy that car. Yeah, but the end of the story is I never took a driving lesson and I don't have a driving license. So this is before I was like, I'm 17, I'm going to learn to drive immediately and I'm going to get a blue Citroen Saxo. And right. then in the end, I decided I'll do absolutely zero of those things. Okay. So now I don't drive. But if I did, I'll tell you what I'd be driving. A Prius. We've got to save the world. <laughs> That's yeah, but they are a death trap. Why? Because the silence. silence. Yeah. 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 Where is the Saxo? Is that allowed? Well, it's very noisy. Is it? I mean, a heavy clutch is a noisy clutch. That's hard. I, <laughs> and I know you're not a driver. But... So, and I'm not a philosopher either, but it's nice to, <laughs> it's nice to hear something so deep so early into the podcast. You're, you're welcome. Um, Matthew, if I had to guess what you were like at school, and I do because it's the first format point of the show, Yeah. Uh, what I've written is good at football. Now, that I know for a fact because I've seen you score on Soccer AM before. Uh, yeah, it's quite a moment. Very proud reaction. But that actually bleeds into explanation for what else I think you were like. So it says, good at football, therefore you were in with a football laddie crowd, which meant you were slightly naughty by association, messing about in lessons to keep your mates happy, but secretly you wanted to get on with your work, I reckon. Best example would be, I reckon, in drama, I can imagine you being mates with the sort of lads who just took drama so they could hit each other with sticks and throw props around, but you wanted to act. Am I correct? I would say that's that's ninety five percent accurate. Is it really? Yeah, that's yes. pretty good. Although there weren't there weren't those types in the drama group, the drama lot. Oh, it was thespians only, was it? Yeah, it was. I mean, we're we're talking about a different era. We're going back a bit, right? Um, the football lads wouldn't have even seen that as an opportunity to not do anything. Oh, they hadn't time. wised up. So to it was lesson, yeah. it was just thesps. But um, I was very good at football. And I did used to mess around in class, but I was quite studious and more academic than most people would think. Really? Why do you well, think... Until after this podcast. Yeah, yeah, how well, loud. The uh, truth will out. Erudite and Why eloquent do you think I am. people would think you weren't um, academic? I don't know. I just think... I think a lot of people think that actors are, are just um, stupid. Sure. Well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what were your best subjects then? What were you good at at school? Drama. Yeah, well, there you go. And um, <laughs> I loved geography as well. Oh, really? I loved, um, yeah, yeah. Physical and human geography, as it was known then. I don't know. I'm what talking that to means. you as if I lived in 1840. But, what I, but, but you're um, right, because I don't know what you're talking about. Right, so physical geography is obviously um, rivers and mountains and glaciation and the physical landscape. Big fan of you really doubling down on this. I'm academic with a word like glaciation immediately, straight off the bat. Uh, human geography is more sort of socio-political and socio-economic. Oh, this is lovely there's stuff. Some jaw, there's some jaws just dropped. This, this is room. lovely stuff. I mean, if you're not subscribing already, you better be now. This is turned. Normally, this podcast is just full of thick idiots. But is it really? We've got an academic in the house. No, I, I've, seen, I've seen the other guests. Um, you, you've, you've done very well. <laughs> and you've done very well um, being on tour and writing all of that stuff that you just wrote. Yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. But, I mean, That's it, the thing about millennials, though, aren't they? They're very, very fastidious. Oh, mate, all these words. <laughs> You're going to have to start translating some of these. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> Human geography. God, geography of the mind. Well, Did you, you know, do well? Did you get about, good results? Actually, interestingly, one thing I remember from um, human geography was the uh, AIDS crisis. 
and the reason you're bringing that up is because, well, because we're currently we, we, in the we currently have a virus crisis. <laughs> but for the yeah, yeah, yeah. But without the context I mean, I mean, of the chat we were well, having pre-show, by the time <laughs> by the time this goes out, or if indeed it uh, does, um, it may have passed. Well, we're fine because we're in a soundproof, um, vacuum-sealed studio currently. So this is just about as safe or as dangerous as it gets, depending on how healthy both of us are. And none of us have touched each other yet. We haven't, no. We did the classic elbow greeting. We did the elbow greeting. You insisted on it. I thought it was just an actor thing. I had no idea it had anything to, be to pers- do with no, I have not been out for ages, and I haven't touched anyone but myself for a long time, so I didn't really know the protocol. I've only There's a lot of people's birthdays, though, I've noticed whilst out and about. What what, what what does that possibly mean? There's a lot of people singing happy birthday everywhere. Oh, I sorry. I did not get the joke at all. I yeah, thought you just meant from walking along. For comedian, some reason, you should have done. But you said out and about, right? You're singing happy birthday when you're washing your hands in a toilet. I wouldn't consider that out and about. In my defence... Well, if I was I was imagining you here, on the street. Okay. In my defence, but it was a good joke and I do apologise. I can't apologise enough. What I would say, though, is that despite all your... Um, I'll tell you what, though. It is, it's such a good joke that you should use it on your tour. And I will. I, I promise to use it on my tour. because In Southend. <laughs> I'll have done Southend by the time this goes out. Okay. Well, wherever else you're playing. Sure. I'll yeah. use it. Any the of audience ones, will love it. They any of the ones that I know it. that you won't be at, I'll definitely use okay. that line. Um, what I would say, though, from this last couple of minutes of conversation is that much as you'll use phrases uh, like glacial... Glaciation. Glaciation, sorry. The pull quote from this podcast that people are going to remember is, I haven't touched anyone but myself for a long time. That is going to be your legacy on early work, I'm afraid. See, all I'm doing there is I'm making a joke which I throw away. And now you're drawing attention to it. That's my repeat, job. By repeating. <laughs> That's the job. <laughs> by we're stealing other people's I'm material. Afraid and the just job really of host hammering it <laughs> is to underline <laughs> sentences that my guests say. That's really all I do. Well, it's much easier being a host than a guest. You don't have to do anything. I love doing podcasts and radio and things because you don't, you don't, people don't look at you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind talking. I just don't like being looked at. Right, you're an actor. I know. A very strange career choice. For I, well, I didn't mind. In the old days, I didn't mind. Now, nowadays, I'd, just, I'd rather just sit behind a microphone. Do you do voiceovers? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, lovely. Um, so, you were good at geography at school. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I was quite good at it, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. And, and I was one of the first students, pupils, to do the A-level linguistics course. I was well, I'm state educated. And so English language or linguistics wasn't a course you could do. It was always English literature. And I did English language. I did linguistics at A-level. And um, I loved that. It was my favourite course I've ever done. And um, that was incredibly rewarding. In English, I'm trying to remember English language. Well, it's just sort of, it's just linguistics, sort of grammar and stuff like that. But But also, it's sort of how... Um, language and discourse is used in different environments, both in the workplace and in regular social life. When you were doing linguistics, yeah, because it's the study of language, is yeah. there any room for creativity in that course? I don't think it was ever like that, really. I think most of the creative writing, um, as I, I imagine nowadays, happens really when you're um, in, at primary school level. That's when, that's when you... Is that what it was for you? You were oh, yeah, at yeah, your I most think... creative at primary school? If we're talking about writing stories or writing in general, then yeah, definitely um, primary school was was my was my apex. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange feeling, isn't it, to peak at primary school? <laughs> but, 
but you know, it is. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time you got to secondary school and you were focused on football, human geography, and drama, yep. you weren't being particularly creative in drama. Were you getting to like write oh, was, plays ever? Yeah, I was doing that. I was writing stuff in drama and acting and and uh, singing and dancing and all that stuff that we do. But I was also on my way to being a professional footballer at the same time. Oh, really? You were that yeah. good? I had trials with Notts County. I was signed up for Notts County Juniors, and then I was part of their School of Excellence, which was a feeder school for Lillishaw, which was the England training school at the time. So I was sort of on that path, running concurrently with being a, a thesp. So it was a bit... I had How did to... those two marry? Not very well. No. So other other football team not very mocking you for being a yeah I do remember being at some sort of event at Notts County at Meadow Lane with all the, the football lads aged I don't know maybe 13, 14 because I was under 11 to under 14 and there was music playing and, they, and we were all playing pool and I think I sort of started dancing to the music but in a quite a choreographed way <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were obviously doing some sort of contemporary dance um, module in drama. And then the you, as soon as music hits, you can't resist. I, I can't resist, you know. When, you know it's in um, your veins. My, my mind was telling me... Anyway. Um, <laughs> and and I, was, I was wholly humiliated by these football lads. In what sense? They were just they, they just, were just laughed mo- at me. They just, they just laughed at me. And um, did it go the other way? Did the drama? Did the drama people go? Oh, you're going to kick a ball, are you? No, no, I don't. No, I don't remember it going the other way. Just because um, I just think arts people are just a bit nicer. Yeah, football lads, more bullies. Well, yeah, they're bullies. Yeah, more bullies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're thugs. The evidence. The evidence. Proof you're, of you're the pudding. You're a aren't you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, can confirm, yeah. we're thugs. Yeah, we're, 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 we're all thugs. When you were doing uh, plays in drama, yep. so you were doing drama presumably the whole way through school, yeah. like in yeah. secondary school and primary school? They don't really, do they do that at primary school? Yes. And in fact, my fir- the first time I realised I wanted to perform, well, I was doing a sketch at primary school, age nine, where, the ca- it's, I mean, it's really not funny now, but it was sort of, it was like a kind of slapstick thing. I was brought up on Laurel and Hardy and Buster Keaton. And I sort of did this silent slapstick thing where the, there was a man watching a football match. This is where the two things marry, right. you see. A man was watching a football match and the doorbell kept going. And every time he'd leave the room, a goal would be scored and he'd miss the goal. And when he came back in, I'd do this kind of over-the-top reaction, annoyed reaction. Sure. And... Um, I remember like all the, the everybody laughing at this, these reactions, and it would happen. I would sit down and watch the game, and then the doorbell would go, but oh dear, I go and get the door and come back in, and then oh they've scored, and everyone would laughing at me. And I thought, well, oh, okay, this is that's this great. Is, I mean, this I, is something I want to do. I can yeah, I can imagine a little kid. How old were you? Would you no, I was nine then. Nine year old kid doing that would be hilarious. Having the exacerbation of a old man, a middle aged man, the doorbell ringing. It's a relatable stuff. Yeah. We've all been in that situation before. We've gone to the toilet or something, and then you and, come back, the goal's been scored. some event has occurred. Which exactly. You, which you wish you'd seen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as the event hasn't occurred in the toilet, then I think we're safe. When you were doing that play as a nine-year-old, yeah. nine-year-old football fan, marrying yeah. your love of football yep. with your love of drama, yep. you were getting laughs. Yeah. That, the moment you decided, I want to get laughs all the time. I think so, yeah. 
and that was you must have had a similar point I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. In an yeah. amateur dramatics group, I would yeah. always yeah. play things for laughs. Similar thing, where I was the youngest one in the group, and I, they, we did this, like, wedding... I remember there being this wedding scene, and they were like, go, you've got ten minutes, invent this play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a very female-heavy amateur dramatics group, as they often were. So they said... They put just, like, one boy per group to... Um, very heteronormative, actually, at the time. So it could be a, a man and wife being married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'll point up heteronormative for you if you like. Well sure. done. Yeah, lovely word. I uh, thank you. I just got based on the very big chat. nowadays, unheard of in the nineties. Exactly. Like no one knew what you were talking about. Yeah. So, but they insisted that it was like it needs to be a man and wife getting married, and I was like, nah, nah, nah. It's not funny to play the groom. I'll play a dad who is furious his daughter is getting married. Right. And I will burst in. And it was the same thing, playing for laughs, the idea of like a 10-year-old playing an old dad Great. who's angry. It was exactly the same thing. And I remember getting laughs for it. And then at the end, okay. the team going, yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're playing that part when I specifically put you in to be the groom, but yeah, pretty funny. Uh, um, and well, it would that... have been the first time I was like, yep, yeah, I want to get some more laughs like that. Exactly, weirdly, that it's exactly the same character. Maybe that's a trope. It's the same character. It is a trope. The same um, high, high stakes, um, angry male. <laughs> that, oh god yeah. our, our acting debuts are so outdated there's oh we're so antiquated in what we were making but yours is yours is very like quite sexist though isn't it as well like it's, it's sort of like dad polishing his shotgun Ooh, my bloody okay you know I, 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 i'm willing to uh refute that because how because my play was woke because in it two women were being married no. Sure, my character was furious about it. <laughs> but I was the one who insisted this has to be a lesbian wedding. Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. And that's before it, that was legal. Then I retract. Uh, I retract. It was, this Thank was you not very much. a sexist character. It was merely homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? Well, thanks for coming on the first ever non broadcast recording of this podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, can you remember any of the plays you did when you were a bit older, secondary school, when you were yeah, in drama? Yeah, I, I had w- fantastic drama teachers, and um, one teacher, Kevin Troughton. Did you he, full name the teachers? Or you just know as an adult? Of course he did, because it was drama. Oh, it was Sue call and me Kevin. Kevin. Call me Kevin. It was, Ke- it was Kev. It was Sue and Kev. Come on. Okay, Kev. before you go into this story, now that I know he's Kevin Troughton, he's mm. Call Me Kev, I need you to describe the sort of clothes he would wear to school. Well, it was tie dye in that in those days. Tie dye. He got away um, with tie dye. Spiky school. hair, a bit like the late Gary Rhodes. What a spectacles! Reference. Not trendy ones. The, the kind of ones that you know the ones. I don't know whether it's short or long sighted that makes your eyes look massive. Yeah, right, right. The, the long long sighted is <laughs> with it? this with spiky hair and tie dye. Spiky hair and tie dye and like beads. I mean, he now works in Africa. Right. Okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> teaching drama. Yeah. With hindsight, you could have seen it coming. You, you, uh, just because of the whole look, you know. It actually sounds like he's got his clothes from rummaging through the drama box of all the different costume options. It, it was no, a tie-dye shirt, quite, these yeah. mad glasses, yeah. spike my hair up. Like a 90s jester. Right. If jesters were around in the 90s... They would have looked like this. They would look like that. Um, How was he... And you, and you said he was a great teacher. Very good, and he wrote a play called We'll Meet Again based around the song We'll Meet Again, um, which was set in the Second World War, in which I uh, played three characters. That's the only thing that I've done in my, in my career, if you'd like to call it that, uh, that my father references, is that school play. Really? Mm. So he came to see that school play 
Has he not been to see anything since? He's seen everything I've done. But he always talks about he always we'll talks meet again. about we'll meet again. Were you particularly good in that play? Had I have known that um, this podcast was so retrospective mm. and would warrant me uh, or need me to plunder my memory, um, I wouldn't have done it because I don't really <laughs> have many memories pre-15. So sure. I have actually no idea. If you were good or not. If I was good or not. But you played three parts, so you must have st- stood out. I mean, there must Kevin have been some, point. some uh, ability to um, uh, play three different parts of, the, of, the, of that age, yeah. Um, but I don't really remember. You'd have to ask my dad. Did you get to write any plays in <sighs> secondary school? So Kevin is writing them and casting them. Oh, yeah, big time. Did um, you ever get to, did he ever go, right, off you go? Yeah, in your well, we had to write our own stuff and choreograph our own stuff and so yeah I mean I was always I was always writing stuff but I don't remember writing any full length plays no but there were there were little monologues and things that, that I wrote yeah are any of those the sort of things you brought today it looks like from what I can see in front of you a bit younger so this would be you plunging your what you described as your well, creative apex primary school Please tell me this is primary school. I'm no, no, no at, I wrote this when I was 27. We're looking at a pretty early drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post a picture of that on the internet. It's basically a very primary school painting. No, coloured in. Picture yeah. of you. Felt tip pens. Is that you on the front? I, I imagine so. It's a, it's a very pink man wearing a brown jacket, red trousers, and holding a flag that says poetry on it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a tree behind you that's tiny. Yeah. What's yeah. that, bricks? Are you in front of a brick, multicoloured brick multicoloured wall? Multicoloured brick wall, yeah. Very, very, very nice. cosmopolitan. And is this the front cover to a folder? Yes, entitled Poetry. Entitled Poetry. And it contains poetry and writings from, well, one here from the 21st of July, um, I'm assuming in and around 1987, 1988. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> but it's not, you didn't go as far as the year? Uh, no, I didn't go as far as the year. I didn't realise quite uh, how much I'd s- need it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have predicted early work, mate. <laughs> you should have known that eventually a format's going to, a genius format is going to land in Radio X's lap. <laughs> and Matthew Horn is going to be contacted. At least we know. That's the interesting thing about writing dates on things. Right, I found this with guests. Quite often people have written the date, but they don't have the year. Mm. Think, what did you think as a kid you needed it for? You think they were just like, at least I'll know in 20 years that it was in summer. Why would it be relevant? I, well, I mean, I know, that's an interesting thought. But at the same time, is that, I think it should be the responsibility. If you're saying that we should have put... If you're saying it's like one or the other... I mean, this is a poem. Either the, ho- the whole date or Either no the day. whole date or no date. Then that is the responsibility of the teacher, surely. Sure. I'm willing to accept that. So let's now spend a few minutes dismantling the education system. <laughs> well, Kevin was dressed inappropriately for a start. <laughs> we shouldn't have been calling him Kevin. Not one, but two earrings. Oh, wow. Mm. Different ears, presumably. Yep. What kind of earrings are we talking? Because if we're going down, he's rummaging through the drama costume box, I'm thinking hoop. Yeah, a little hoop, yeah. Little hoops. Little hoops on either. Oh, my God. This guy really just came, came to school wearing nothing. I went, oh, fuck it. I'll just dip in there. Yeah, but I really respected him. I loved it. Because we had a big high-tech drama room. What do you mean? Well, it was... a black just... box room. Yeah, but it was big. Right. It was big. It was serious. Did it have, like, cap- tech capability, like, lights? It had lights. It had a lighting rig. At least two overhead projectors. 
So go on then. What have you got? What's your early work that you've well, got? So look, we know it's your poetry folder. It's my poetry folder. And we know it was in the summer. You know, it's 21st of July, one of them. Yeah, one of them was, yeah. So, um... Uh, oh, here we go, look. Oh, dear. Right. Now, this is this is very woke, because this is a lady footballer. Uh, <laughs> this is called Unfair, from the 21st oh of July. Oh, my God, wow. Okay. Circa I like where this is going. Yeah. When we went over to the park Sunday mornings to play football, we picked up sides. Lizzie was our striker, because she had the best shot... When the teachers chose the school team, Marshy was our striker. Now, I, I know that that is Louise Marsh. Lizzie wasn't allowed to play, they said, so she watched us lose. Score, 4-3. I mean, this, it doesn't rhyme particularly. No, I don't know if it belongs necessarily in the poetry folder. It's just an autobiographical anecdote about injustice. I've got to, have, I've got to chat to you about that. Why? A bit. I need to delve deeper. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this has actually been marked by a teacher and the comment at the bottom with a, with a tick uh, is, good lad. Ah, oh, perfect. The very base you want to achieve is good lad. That's what we're all really secretly aiming for, for every bit of work we do. If you could leave this podcast a review and you just said good lad. Good lad. I'd be pretty happy, as long as it's five stars, obviously. I'm not fucking about with four stars, mate. No. Now, that was called Unfair. That was about a girl being the best footballer but not being picked to play football, to be the striker. Yeah, and then she watched us lose. And she watched you lose. Did this happen? Is this 100% true? There's no, there's no poetic uh, licence with this poem? I've absolutely no idea. I told you. I've got, I, oh, don't, of course. I don't have no, any no, memories. No, no. Of course. Sorry. Can I read one called Pies? Absolutely, you can. Um, this is um, called Pies. It's from the 25th of June, so it's early summer, late spring. I take my pie from the oven. Twisting steam comes from the middle. It's all crispy and it smells delicious. Gooseberries spill out of it in the, the crust. I can smell the apples in the steam. The scent is flying through the air. The guests are waiting. Now it is cut in a moment. And it is demolished. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> That's pretty good use of language for how old you were. Demolished, that's quite a good end. It is demolished about a pie. Twisting steam. Twisting steam. Very evocative. I can't really ask you any questions because you don't have any memories. Do you like pie? Uh, no, I didn't eat many when I was younger. But I think this is because Notts County are called the magpies and then it's shortened even further to the pies. Oh, right. And you, So you decided to write a poem called uh, Pies, but, called not, pies, about but Notts not about magpies. Or, or football about but, but um, Nottingham, you know, it's it's quite... little illustrations on there. Oh yeah, there's illustrations yeah, all over the shop. Oh. This one's called Hair from the 30th of June. So this is this is this is a week later. If you can imagine the output, the prolific output. He's not stopping. <laughs> is this it, yeah. young mind. I saw a lady with red hair talking to one with blue. The sun shone, the rain rained, the streets emptied, the people had gone. When I looked for the ladies again, there was a purple stream flowing down the drain. Good lad. Wow, that that poem that loses its way, doesn't it? I Let's don't agree. No, I don't agree. I think it's got the ending. Okay, I, I think we can analyse that poem. Oh, that's, actually, I know what it. That's yeah. metaphorical entirely. At the end, they they both wash it out of their hair together. I don't know whether you're more brilliant than I am. Red and purple, uh, red and blue, sorry, <laughs> and a purple stream going down the drain. Good lad. Good lad. I mean, a teacher's got to do more than that because I'm going to do the teacher's job for them now. Right. Right. I no, want to read one more. Not yet. Red and blue. We're talking about this hair poem. It's very good, actually. Right. Now you've pointed it up. I'm Let's think good. about it. Give yourself more credit. 
Red and blue. There's a woman with red hair, a woman with blue hair. Right, immediately we're supposed to assume these are rivals. Yep. Red versus blue. It's a classic. You're a football lad as a kid. It's a classic red versus blue. Rival women. Alpha women. And they're against each other. All the people leave the street. Yeah. So, because they know shit's about to kick off. Ah. Showdown time. You think they've left the street because it's raining. No, 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 no. It's because stuff's going to kick off. It's going to kick off. Yeah. It's time for a showdown. In the end, they decide, bury the hatchet, let's just rinse out our hair, fuck the rain, it's got nothing to do with the rain, we'll go home together, (laughs) we'll rinse out our hair, and down the same stream, we will create purple. We all know purple is the best colour. You have chosen a colour that rhymes with nothing to end your poem, (laughs) and I appreciate it. I love that. I love your your assessment. but, uh, but you think uh, there's a just... drawing of a man with purple trousers next to a drain. So, oh, so it also stained a man's trousers. Ah, I, I see. Well. No, 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 hang on. No, that represents that your actions affect others. Okay, so warfare, the, uh, the only victims of warfare are not the people partaking in it. It goes all the way to other people's trousers. It's metaphors. You've got to understand, you would have known of this. You've got no memory of this, so you can't possibly say. <laughs> Only you can Only say. Only I can be the authority on this. Come on, what else you got? Um, what I want to read now is, is not, not a poem. And before, I'm going to caveat this by saying that it has been marked again. Although he has spelt my name wrong, this teacher. <laughs> and he said, um, some goodies here. Some goodies. Which is, not, which is not as good as good lad, but... What is this? What is it going to be? It's, um, it's called Mad Meals, and it's a 17-point list, which... Of, of Mad Meals. <laughs> um, and it, when I was reading it earlier, I didn't, like... I didn't prep very much for this. Um, I did go I did do a spin class this morning. That's the only prep I did for this podcast. Sure. Get the um, blood pumping, that's what you need for this. Well, yeah, but my back's hurting. It, it, it reminds me, do you, have you ever seen Robert Popper's shopping lists? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. And you were doing this at age nine. Yes, Robert. Popper, you mate, up your game. Yeah, up your game, mate. Grilled cork. <laughs> a good start. Matchbox on toast. Glass soup. Roasted clock. Ping pong and chips. Fillet of calculator. Trouser salad, grilled lamppost, ice cream vanilla soap, bat's wings ice cream, <laughs> snail body ice cream, <laughs> fish's tail ice cream, smelly socks soup, parrot beak salad, roasted tree trunk, grilled beaks, fried flowers. Amazing. I think that's quite good. That's genuinely that's actually, like... We might, we're talking to Peter Serafano, which is a bit like um, Brian Butterfield, yeah. isn't it? I thought that when Real you started cool, saying it. Toast. When, you, um, when you started doing that, there, there are comedians whose whole show <laughs> is, is that, who, yeah. would, who would be very successful. If you take that to the Edinburgh Fringe now, I tell you, you get a lot of four-star reviews. You do all right, especially with the broadsheets. Maybe I should come and like, support you in one... Like on one of your dates. You're welcome to, but there's no projector and no fee. So up to you. Um, a couple of things to say about that. Snail body. Snail body. Very satisfying thing to hear. You're just basically going, I'm not having shell in this. Snail body only. Grilled well, then beef. Why not slug, though? <laughs> Good point. You see, there's obviously a reason. I obviously wanted a homeless slug. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it actually has to be. So it's basically, it's, it's not just a slug. No. It needs to experience trauma. Snail needs to have been through something. It needs something. to have suffered. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, maybe you just had comedic instinct to know snail body is funnier than slug. Snail body. That's a funny phrase. Yeah, you see, bat, you see bats' wings ice cream and fish's tail. There's all... there's it, it, With those specific- three flavours of ice cream, there's got to be some trauma that the that the, the animal right. okay, has yes, gone through. Right, OK, it does through. go deeper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it is pretty... I did like how you... It was all really inventive, and then you momentarily lose inspiration and just make everything ice cream for a For, for three, yeah. Of, I was obviously uh, hungry for... Uh, ice cream. Sort of, you wrote ice cream and then thought, God, I love ice cream, and they just kept writing about ice cream. It's such a nine-year-old's approach to this. <laughs> F- Phyllis with Calculator. Yeah. That's straight out of the Robert Popper book, isn't it? Yeah. What would have been influencing you at the time to come up with that sort of stuff? Uh, not Robert Popper. I don't know. i tell you what it was. Spike Milligan. Yeah. Because yeah, he wrote absolutely. a lot of children's poems, yeah. and they were quite wacky. Yeah, and out there, and huge um, fan of Spike Milligan. Surreal. Now you've said it, I can't believe I didn't surreal. see that. I in think, it I think, uh, unspun socks from a chicken's laundry. It's a book he wrote, and they're poems. And I think I was influenced by that. Yeah, it's really Spike Milligan. Mm. Say it. Yeah. Have you got any more you want to do before we get to the epic later? I'm a magical mouse. I don't eat cheese. I eat sunsets and tops of trees. I don't wear fur. I wear funnels of lost ships and the weather that's under dead leaves in the magical mouse. I don't fear cats or wood owls. I do as I please always. I don't eat crust. That's the magical mouse. It's June 15th. What a prolific month. I mean, that month is absolutely (laughs) insane. What year was it? You don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. It would have been circa... 87, 88. It's, I mean, it's certainly pre-Stone Roses. If this was a World Cup year, then <laughs> you are the most prolific man I've ever heard of in my life. You'd have been watching the World Cup, writing this inventive Spike Milligan poetry. It's really... I mean, it's fucking hell for a nine-year-old. It's so surreal. Oh, great. Right, I've got to judge you now. Not that I haven't been already, but I've got to rate you on three categories. That's the format of the oh, show. Well, you didn't tell me that in the preamble. Don't worry. You okay. didn't mention the judgment. Oh, you've got to expect judgment. With anything you do. Is this why you've been self-isolating so much? Yes. (laughs) Right. You'll learn. What are you, 28? You'll learn. As you get older, you get more inhibited as a human being. Well, in the meantime, (laughs) I've got to rate you you on three categories. In the meantime, strap in, you prick, and listen to this. (laughs) The categories are originality, pure teen horniness, and Mickey Mouse Club slash Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. And that means... How much potential does it show for who you've gone on to become? Okay. So, originality, it's out of five each one. Okay. Um, Originality, five out of five. Straight five out of five. I know you said you're influenced by Spike Milligan, but for a nine-year-old, I've never seen anything like it. A fillet of calculator, stuff like that. That is is good, actually. That is so original for a nine-year-old. Five out of five? Five out of five for originality. I'm genuinely thrilled. I didn't realise I'd be this thrilled. Yeah, it's because you kicked up such a fuss about being judged. Right, pure teen horniness, I've got to go with zero. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to be insulted by that, but you're not a teenager and it's the least horny stuff I've ever heard in my life. Although you say snail's body, actually. You do... You do specify the word snail's body. It does. You could interpret it in a certain way, but as you say, it was actually more about the suffering than uh, anything else. Um, Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. I'm s- what does that mean? How much does it represent you now? Like, oh. can I can I see the future you in this work? I, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say. Would you do you consider yourself writing those sorts of things now? Um, 
I, there are some things, I mean, not necessarily the stuff I've read out, but in the rest of the file, which will be available online um, <laughs> shortly after this podcast is released um, <clears throat> through Faber and Faber, I, I can definitely tell it was written by me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was reading bits of it and I thought, oh, that sound like me. But then, you know, that I'm, that's me judging myself. Just trying to I mean, think you if, you've know, ever, if, you've got, if you've got any titles of things that are similar to uh, Grilled Beaks. No, no, no. I mean, if I was, if it was Robert Popper or Peter Serafinowicz sat here, then you'd say it'd be five out of five, wouldn't it? Yes, absolutely, yeah. But, but it's it, not. But it isn't, no, they're not available. Uh, no. So, so <laughs> um, I'll go for, I'll give you, I'll go for a three. Okay, that's, that's I'm, 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 I'm very happy with the I've got to say, it's based them. only, that's based entirely on you telling me that it's, you can see yourself in it. Right, now, um, I gave you some judgment, but I now level the playing field mm. by reading you some of my early work, which you then judge on the same categories. That's how I square this circle to make it even. Now, embarrassingly, your yeah. early work is much younger than mine, so Ooh. you can actually back yourself up a little bit. Yeah. I was 17 when I wrote this. <clears throat> so this is classic 17-year-old deep poetry, all right? You ready? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm losing the will to continue. I'm losing the will to forever just chase this disgrace, this misplaced romantic distaste, this time waste. I'm losing the will to continue. I'm losing the will to act different and new when all through it's not true and I do what I do when I don't. I'm losing the will to continue. I'm losing the will to be endlessly lost, self-embossed, over-glossed, irrepressibly tossed to one side, which I'm not a part of. The will to continue is not to be found. I surround my profound motives, sound an alarm as I'm drowned in emotion around. I'm continuing unwillingly, unfulfillingly distilling thee as killing me, but filling me with reason to ignore this deep feeling and relax with the season. So we all should repress and digress to the best time we'll ever see, just sitting and chatting and resting what morals might be. Tonight, good times, just morals and me, just issues and we, just worries and money just fun in the city tonight let's be free it's somewhere between Stormzy and a, a Hovis commercial <laughs> <laughs> that's very much my brand actually at the time British advertising was not entirely it wasn't made doing up of poetry that. It, it wasn't, wasn't doing all poetry yeah okay so you were ahead of your time absolutely just like you uh, pre popper you... pre poetry <laughs> are you um yeah, I mean, are you being hired? Because uh, I, I could have been listening to... I could be signing up to Nationwide as soon as I, I leave this booth. Um, I mean, it's it's very poetic and lyrically it's very interesting. It's a little earnest and overwrought, but... Oh, absolutely. But, but I mean... I just think if you're saying something as vague as just fun in the city, then you really haven't uh, thought... Hmm. You've got to be specific in art, and that is... Uh, it's very, it's very lyrical and, and of its time. Um, it's, uh, as I said, it's a little uh, loquacious, but um, uh, but I, I like it. Yeah, it's not very horny. <laughs> no. Well, Look. I don't. I don't. It, 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 it does sound like the words of a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Perhaps it Good is point. a little bit. Very valid. Just, to, just, just to back up the horniness, it, it does begin with. I think the premise of it at the start. I'm losing the will to continue with this misplaced romantic distaste. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly just a rhyme. I think it's me saying I'm losing the will to keep chasing this girl who doesn't like me. Okay, so um, really horrible. So and then, five and then fun in the city. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you want to go? Originality is the first one out of five. Uh, uh, okay, so at the time or now? Up to you. Okay, not, not at the time. So we were talking 11 years ago. Yes. So uh, is, that, is that before the first Streets album? No. No. Then 
two. Oh, I mean, a, a lot of the poetry I've read on this podcast is extremely post-streets. Post-streets, post... <laughs> it's very post, um, post Arctic Mike Monkeys' first okay. album. Oh, OK. Very post-Kate Nash, very post-Lily Allen, like all okay, of that sort of... fine. Like, then I'm going to have to go one out of five. One out of five for originality. OK, fine. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. The next one, Pure Teen Horniness. We've already five discussed. out of five. five out yeah, I'm going to find out. For two reasons, written by but, a wanker and... Uh, <laughs> purely reasons of uh, onanism. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose. Does it represent the me I am today? Now, what I will tell you, right, before you answer this... Is you an absolute <laughs> wanker? <laughs> if you haven't gleaned so far, I'm the hugest prick in England. Uh, no, I'm current, the tour show I'm currently doing does involve me parodying a nationwide advert poem. Wow. And okay. that, is, that is me trying to get some sort of self-retribution, I think. It's me trying to go own my own past a little bit. Oh, well, then five out of five. I've got to give you five out of five for that. If you're parodying that in a self-effacing way... Then that is. See, in my head, I was just parodying the nationwide advert, but now you've said that, I've realised I'm parodying me at seven. Yourself, which is which is a fantastic. You know, uh, we, we can only we can only survive if we laugh at ourselves. Sure, and I think I think if anything, uh, but we can we can take that from this podcast. Parodying your <laughs> <laughs> parodying your own work does also. If is nobody like, else I'm a wanker. Will, yeah, yeah, we should yeah, laugh yeah. at ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so five five one, I get eleven out of fifteen. Yeah. That plays against your 8 out of 15. So I am the winner of the podcast. However, the message of the podcast is we are both losers. Every time. That's the message. Now, if you would like to, I would love you to play us out with your epic poem, I believe, uh, that will put some we'll put some production under it we'll put some music under it if it's got to be epic it's going to be epic is there a title for this poem yeah i've just got to find it i think it's called dead bird no it was me behind the bin wasn't it <clears throat> sorry there's so much material here stretching right back into awesome um, <laughs> okay down behind the dustbin down behind the dustbin i met a dog called ted leave me alone he says i'm just going to bed down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Felicity. It's a bit dark, he, she said. They've cut off the electricity. Oh. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Roger. Do you own this bin, I said. No, I'm only the lodger. Ian said, down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Sue. What are you doing here, I said. I've got nothing else to do. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Anne. I'm just off now, she said to see a dog about a man. Oh, oh, that's good. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Jack. Are you going anywhere, I said. No, I'm just coming back. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Billy. I'm not talking to you, I said, if you're going to be silly. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Harry. I tried to take the bin away, but it was too heavy to carry. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Mary. I wish I wasn't a dog, she said. I wish I was a canary. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Joe. Leave me alone, she said. I've hurt my little toe. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Rose. Leave me alone, she said. I've got a badger up my nose. Down behind the dustbin, I met a dog called Claire. They've shut the lid and I'm running out of air. Is that how it ends? That's pretty bleak, isn't it? Oh, out of nowhere. Oh, Oh, so oh, all along that was dark. Fuck me. That is dark. 
Wow, you had it in you all along. I can't believe that's it. Just, yeah. That's genuinely stunning. I mean, that is just a cut to of like a, yeah. a, a dustbin. Just zooming out drone shot. But you know, yeah, you know inside there are dead dogs. And they're called things like Felicity. Um, when you first said Felicity, I thought, fucking hell, bold choice. How's you going to do Electricity. this? Electricity. Early on as well, because later on you did Anne. I was like, you get through all the one-syllable ones before you get to Felicity. Um, Roger and Lodger, lovely to hear. But the main <clears> takeaway <throat> from that is, I've got to see a dog about a man. I know. That's pretty clever stuff for someone. When, when was this again? This was in... Uh, this would have been in... Um, well, let's just have the month, please. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been... Uh, the, yeah, this is May. This is May. So this is before the other ones. Yeah. Fucking hell, he's opening with this. I mean, apart from See a Dog About a Man, which is obviously brilliant, there's actually an illustration that I've done of me hugging a dustbin. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just, uh, it's so sad. If I want anybody who's listening today, if I want want either of you listening today (laughs) to take anything away, (laughs) and that would be me hugging a dustbin. (laughs) Very much a metaphor for what this podcast has been. (laughs) That's what happens when you're in self-isolation. Matthew Hall, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. There we go. That was Matthew Horn with some early work that took some very interesting twists and turns, some of them darker than others. Good God, the end of that last poem was absolutely insane. I did not see that coming, but that happened a few times. That Robert Popper, Peter Serafinovich-esque writing about all the different foods is absolutely mental for a nine-year-old to do. I couldn't believe it, um, as ever, my early work. That was one of the most embarrassing. I've been saving that one that I read for ages, thinking, oh, God, every time I read it in my documents, I'm like, I can't read that on early work. That's so embarrassing. But we've now got to the stage of early work where I've run out of ones that I'm fine with sharing, and we're on to the ones I'm very ashamed of. So it can only get worse from here. Oh, good. Um, As ever, I am on tour. Uh, As I announced before, make sure to go and check that out. Uh, I've extended it into the autumn. There's loads more dates in much bigger rooms, rooms that are too big, so please come along. Tickets are on my website, reesejames.co.uk. Matthew Horn is on Twitter. Go and follow him. I think it's at MFHorn. And as ever, subscribe to the podcast. Leave it a review if you enjoyed it. And we will see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.